and I was going down, but someone rescued me. Oh, my God cares, my God cares too much to say. His mercies are new every day. I get down and pray, and then help is on its way. I was in need, I was in need, and I needed a friend. I was alone and I needed a hand. See, I, I was, was going, going down, but someone rescued me. Oh, my God cares. My God cares too much to say. His mercies are new every day. I get down to pray and then help is on its way. I walk by faith. I walk by faith. But not by sight If things go wrong It'll be alright Someone greater Is watching over me Oh my God cares My God cares too much to say His mercies are new every day I get down and pray And then help is on its way Now in faith now in faith I believe I got everything I need I walk by faith and not by what I see I got friends, I got friends in high places I got someone I can call And I got someone watching over me Things go wrong, it'll be alright. Someone greater is watching over me. Oh, my God cares, my God cares too much to say. His mercies are new every day. I get down to pray, and then help is on its way. Now in faith, now in faith, I believe. I got everything I need. I walk by faith and not by what I see. I got friends, I got friends in high places. I got someone I can call, and I got someone watching over me. Walk by faith, I walk by faith. Not by sight, but things go wrong, it'll be alright. Someone greater is watching over me. Oh, my God cares, my God cares too much to say. His mercies are new every day. I get down and pray, and then help is on its way. Oh, my God cares. There's too much to say His mercies are new every day I get down and pray And then hell is on its way Oh, my God cares My God cares too much to say His mercies are new every day I get down and pray And then hell is 
is on its way.
wonderful day, my dear love, one bringing my Savior Jesus is mine. If you bear His name, 
sing a song forever to the Lamb. Sing a song forever to the Lamb. And the angels cry, Holy, all creation cries, Holy, you are lifted high, Holy, Holy forever. Hear your people, hear your people sing, Holy, to the King of Kings. Dominions of power and position, your name stands above the Lord, and the angels cry, Holy, all creation cries, Holy, you are lifted
Father, we love you and praise you. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good and faithful God. And it's your will that none perish. And so, Lord, we make our hearts ready, making sure we've received Christ, that we're living for Jesus. But, Lord, more than that, while we're here on earth, we want to live faithful and fruitful lives that fulfill our divine purpose. And we can't do that if our houses aren't in order and our hearts are not fully consecrated. So, Lord, we make ourselves ready this day to respond to your call, to walk through your open door, and to embrace the opportunities that you will grant. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, let's give the Lord a praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your loving warnings. We thank you, Lord, for your awakening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Isn't it better having the mercy of God give you a gentle warning than to wake up one day and find out you missed it? Isn't that better? To have a little ouch every now and again? When the Spirit, you know, if you're a good parent, you ouch them every now and again, don't you? That's because you love them. Amen? If you're not ouching them every now and again, something wrong, you love them, you ouch them. Amen? Because you love them. And God loves us. And he ouches us every now and again just to make sure we, 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 we're not missing it. We're not letting this. Spirit of the age is very deceptive. And, and, and its deception is in its lulling. In, in a prosperous world like we live in, the greatest deception is in the lulling. As it lulls us to sleep and it lulls our sensitivity, what happens is not so much a great crash, but a gradual erosion of our faith and devotion. Are you following that? And you wake up and say, man, where'd the decade go? You wake up and say, man, I used to be on fire. And now the things of God are, are what happened to my spiritual taste buds. So it's important that from time to time, the Spirit of God exhorts, sanctified challenge. Search your heart. Check your bearings. Make sure your focus is where it needs to be. Let a man examine himself. Amen? I got enough of my own problems. I'm going to examine you. I'll examine me. You examine you. Amen? Hallelujah. That's not my message, but that was all right. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is that Art and Mary? I thought it was Art and Mary. God bless you guys. Good to see you. Wow. Phil and Cherry, Art and Mary. Elmira, New York is, is coming to Durant. Amen. It, it must be really cold up there to get all you guys down here. They're coming down. Someone said, give me some warmth. Hallelujah. Amen. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. God bless you. There they go. Sister Amy is ready. And they're doing the same message we are. Isn't that right? We saw each other last night. That's it. That's it. They're going to knock some walls down. Amen. They're going to knock some walls down. We're going to knock some walls. Anybody got some walls that need knocking down? Amen. Well, God's got a plan to see them come tumbling down. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. We'll start with Hebrews 11, then we'll go to Joshua 6. Now, 
I want to encourage you, if you're not familiar with Hebrews 11, um, in your devotional time, read the whole chapter. It's one of the greatest in the entire book. Now, what we've done so far this year, we started out with passing the test. Talk about Abraham, amen? Passing the test. And then last week, we said faith in the fire. And we talked about we all have a fiery furnace as part of life. But like them three Hebrews, we can go through it and go through it with Jesus. And this morning, we're going to talk about claiming the victory or gleaning from Jericho's conquest. Now, next week, we begin a, a longer series from Colossians. We'll be there about three months. So if you want to get ahead, it's a small book you can read and start getting yourself ready. But this morning, claiming the victory, the conquest of Jericho. Hebrews 11 and verse 30. Hebrews 11 In verse 30, and the Bible says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them seven days. Now, if you would, to go to Joshua 6, and we'll just read a few verses here. Joshua 6 and and verse 1. Hallelujah. Now, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut up. They were securely barred because of the Israelites, and no one went out and nobody came in. Verse 2, then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Has seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Claiming the victory, conquest, gleaning from the conquest of Jericho. Our goal this morning is learning to overcome life's Jerichos. Examining and learning from the victory, this victory of faith, and applying these principles to our lives. It's a new year, and we're determined to press on in God. We're determined to advance in our inheritance. We are determined to um, go further into the will and into the purposes of God for our lives. And now we're going to glean from this, 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 this natural war. We're going to try to carry these principles into the spiritual battle we fight. Now, Jericho, a little background. Jericho, the city, was one of the largest and leading cities in the promised land, in the land of Canaan. And it was located right in the middle of the valley that separated the north from the south. That made it very strategic. It made it very necessary to deal with Jericho first so they could take the rest of the land. To take Jericho would divide the enemy's forces and keep them from uniting. Joshua was following the old divide and conquer military tactic. But now the application for you and I is simply this. We know as Christians, we're not fighting these natural wars, but we fight spiritual battles. And we, from this, we can glean some spiritual truths. We can apply them to our now, to our today. We can see God's victory in our lives by taking these natural strategies that Joshua used and put them on our spiritual battles. We can see strongholds of opposition come tumbling down. 
We can see walls of resistance be evaporated by the power of God's praise and faith. We can see things that are trying to hold us back. Be no more. As we receive the promise and follow the plan and apply the principles that God has for your Jericho and mine. You know, the Bible teaches us that the Christian warfare, again, it's not a natural thing. It's not against flesh and blood, but it's against spiritual enemies. And we use spiritual weapons to fight it. In fact, the Bible tells us that those three main spiritual enemies are are grouped. They're called the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The Bible teaches us that. Now the world is, is an enemy. That's that world system out there. That's that morality and philosophy and the mindset that is anti-Bible, anti-Jesus. It, it's that fallen nature's way of thinking and reasoning and living. That's the world. It's that world system. The world, the flesh, you know, the flesh, that's the old me. That's the old you. Don't like to be told what to do. Want instant gratification. Want to do my own thing. That's that old nature. He still likes being Lord. I got to keep him down. Amen. So that Jesus remains Lord. The world, the flesh, and of course the devil. There is a real devil. There is an enemy of God, an enemy of God's people. And he'll try to devour and he'll try to deceive. He'll ruin your marriage if you let him. He'll destroy your confidence in God if you believe Him. He'll work at things to cause you to stumble and not fulfill your divine purpose if you allow His harassing spirits to succumb, to entangle you. But just like the nations in Cana grouped together to stop Joshua, these three enemies of our faith grouped together and try to hinder us from advancing in God. They try to wage war against us one way or the other to keep you and I from claiming our inheritance. They try to discourage us. They try to derail us. They try to defeat us. They try to make us turn back or cool down or give up. Jericho, how can we define it? It's a strong area of resistance. It sticks out. If you're honest for half a second, you don't need a lot of discernment to know where your Jericho is. It's something real clear. It's not a little fox. It's not a small thing. It's something that sticks out. It's a strong area of resistance that sticks out. It needs to be overcome so that further victory can come. It could be an infirmity. It could be an anxiety. It could be a debt. It could be a mindset. It could be an unsaved loved one. It could be an unhealthy habit. It could be a problem on the job or in the home. But whatever your area of resistance is, Right now or in this coming year. God's got some good news for his people. Because the God you serve is not just the God of one day, someday, over in the glory land. Praise God for over in the glory land. But right now I'm living in this land. Can you say amen? But this God has a good word. This God has a plan. And God has a purpose. And God has the power to help you overcome every resistance. To go through every form of opposition. And to advance fully into God's best for your life. Do you believe that? Gleaning truths from Jericho. Number one, let's just focus on the promise of victory at Jericho. You see verse 2, the Bible says, Then the Lord said, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have, I have, not I'm gonna, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Note, this is how God works. 
you study your Bible from beginning to end, this is how God works. God gives an instruction. God gives a promise. God gives a command. Faith responds to that. The obedient respond to that. And the walk begins. This whole powerful, wonderful, encouraging story begins with a promise. That's beautiful. It's very important that we know and understand the good promises that God has for his people, for you and for me. It's so important that we understand how to respond to them, how to believe them and receive the blessing that flows from them. Again, verse 2, it begins, The Lord spoke to Joshua and told him, You're going to win, Joshua. You're going to be victorious in your attempt to conquer Jericho. You see, God has ordained victory for his people and not defeat. When you came to Jesus, you joined the winning side. Praise God. Amen. So we, we walk through this new year. We walk through life. We start with a positive attitude because we know in whom we have believed in. We know he that began a good work in us, he will complete it. We know there's no weapon that's formed against us that can prosper. We know greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. Come on, say amen to that. So we start out with the positive. The victory's already won. Thanks be to God who gives us. The victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a word. Even before the battle starts, the Lord assures a victory. That's the kind of God we serve. Before the first shot is fired, he lets you know victory is yours. So just advance in confidence, standing on the promise. Face and walk into your tomorrows, confident, trusting in the Lord. And regardless of what you're facing, listen, even the last battle, we win. Regardless of what comes against us, we have a God that is faithful to bring us through. So begin by recognizing if you are a child of God, victory is ordained for you. The battle is the Lord's battle. God is going to bring you through every time. Every time. But it starts with a promise. As believers, we have promises, just like Joshua did, just like Abraham did, like Moses did, like David did, like Paul did. And God has promises for your battle, for your circumstance, for your life. Let me start out something believers basic. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. This is just a basic. If you're a Christian, this belongs to you. If you're a Christian, you've been saved half a second, this is yours. Just grab this. Understand. We've got to, listen, we fight not for the victory. We fight from victory. The moment you came to Christ, you won the victory. Amen? Now we're just sweeping this thing up. We're just walking on in it. But as soon as you join Jesus, you join the winning side. Amen. And so I want you to recognize the minute you got saved, this, this is talking about you. These two verses are talking about you. Understand them, believe them, and get, may God give you wisdom and how to walk in them. Number one, he says, his divine power, God's divine power has given. Somebody say has. I don't got to pray it through. I don't got to wait on it. If I'm born again, I'm born again. Amen. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Am I right? you got to understand that some people get saved and all they can understand is my sins are forgiven, but I'm still a louse, I'm still weak, I'm still defeated, I'm still broke, busted, and disgusted. But God says, the moment you got saved, whoo, you became a son, you became a daughter. Oh, you got a new position, you got a new power, you got a new privilege. His divine power has given us everything. Woo! There's no recession in God. 
Ain't no depression in God. Amen? Woo! Everything we need. I can't give us everything I want, but it gives me everything I need to live a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him, you've got to learn what you got so you can use what you have. That's why we study the book. That's why we memorize those promises. Amen? That's why we study what happened on Calvary. What happened when the blood was shed? What happened when the Spirit came and took up residence within us? His divine power has given us. Somebody get encouraged. You got the power of God on the inside of you. The devil is a lie. You're not wearing out. You're not breaking down. You can live it if you want to live it. You can rise up above whatever hell throws against you. We're not living it in our own strength. We're living it in His. We're not navigating by our own wisdom. We're navigating by His. We're not trying to endure somehow with our own grit. We're enduring because He that has received us into Himself has breathed His breath of light within us to give us the power we need to soar on wings as of eagles. His divine power has given us everything we need. You got what you need to live this Christian life. His divine power has given us everything we need to live this life. Now, through these, through these, He has also given us, you got power, He has also given us his very great and precious what? I got power, but now he's going to show me how does this power work in my life. Isn't that right? You know, there was an old lady back in the turn of the century. You know, um, um, electric didn't get to all these country towns. Lady living out in the woods. True story. And finally, Tico or Naimo or whatever Mo it was. They finally got to her neck of the woods, and then they put up the electric, amen? Well, they come back about a month later to see how it's working. And the old lady said, I don't know. I haven't got any more electricity. I don't know what you're talking about. And the t- you know what? She didn't know how to flip the switch and activate the power. All the power that she needed was just ready to be released. She didn't know how to release and activate the power. You can have power and not know how to use it. You can have power and not know how to release it. Take me back to verse 3, please. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him, He called us by His own glory and goes, I got the power. Didn't we just read that? You've got the power. But now how am I going to make this power work? There's different ways. This is one way. Going to verse 4 now. Through these, His grace and goodness, He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, how does the blessing flow? How do I take what Christ purchased me on Calvary and make it a reality in my life? He purchased my peace, but I know a lot of Christians still can't sleep good at night. He purchased a lot out there that we're not Partaking of. Feeding on. Are you with me? It's not that the power is not there. It's not that God says I have given. But somehow we don't know how to flip the switch. And activate what God has given. One of the ways I activate. One of the ways. Not the only way. But one of the chief ways I activate. God's grace in my life. 
is through knowing his promises, believing his promises, and living as if they are so because they are. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, through the promises, you may participate in that divine nature. I can participate in what God has for me. I can walk in peace. I can have that wisdom. I can have the strength. I can have that discernment. I can enjoy His provision. I can enjoy His great and precious promises that through them you may participate in the divine nature and having escaped the corruption in this world. Man, one of the ways God brings His blessing into our lives, one of the ways we enjoy the blessing, not just sing about the blessing, but we actually enjoy the blessing is by knowing the promise, believing the promise, and applying the promise. Come on, somebody say amen. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it be known that mature Christians, next level Christians, are people who know and are skilled in the word of God. Knowing it, believing it, and applying it. The next level Christian, the mature believer, can say, it is written. In the time of spiritual battle, like the Lord Jesus, in the time when hell tempts, and hell tries to intimidate, and hell tries to derail from divine purpose, they can say, it is written! Know the word and the proper application for the occasion. Knowing the word and the proper application for the occasion. The mature believer can say, it is written. Now, I think there's a Bible verse somewhere that talks about that. No, 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 no. But to be able to take out that sword of the Spirit like Jesus did. And have the right word. The proper word for the proper occasion. And speak that word. So that next level Christian. This is where we're trying to go to. As we're growing. We're trying to go from faith to faith. And glory to glory. We're not just satisfied being saved. We want to mature and grow. And one of the signs of a mature Christian. A growing Christian. They are skilled in the word of God. They know it. Believe it. And they can apply it. They can say it is written. They don't even have to call the prayer line for everything. They can say it is written. And they can see the sword of the Spirit work. But they can also see. They can say. But they can also see their situation, their circumstance, their resistance through the lens of God's Word. God said, Joshua, see, I have already given. Wow. This person can see their situations like Caleb of old. Like David of old, they can see their situations through the lens of God's word, believing and expecting that God will do what he promised, that God's word will prove true. You see this distinction throughout the word of God. When you study the different characters and people in the word of God, you'll see men and women of faith that regardless of situations and oppositions, they stood firm. They walked on. They advanced. They obeyed. They believed. They acted. But then you'll see others in the Bible. Their circumstances they didn't see through the lens of God's Word. They went back. 
They gave up. They gave in to complaining and grumbling. So like Joshua, our victory begins with a promise. Start, child of God, start with the basic promises of salvation. If you're a new Christian, start believing and studying and living on the basic promises of God's love and God's care and God's commitment to you and God's covenant with you. Begin by basically just understanding the basics. You're now a child of God. You have the privilege of prayer. You have the position as a son. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul said, listen, it's no longer I that liveth, it's Christ that liveth in me. Before he said when I was a Jewish priest and rabbi, it was all me trying to work it out and trying to please God and trying to live according to every rule and every legislation. And that was frustrating and it gave me pride even when I did succeed, but mostly I failed and I was angry. But now that I've come to know Christ, I realize it's not through my own strength, but it's through His. It's not through my own power, but it's by the Spirit of Jesus that now lives within me. Start out by knowing the promises. Understanding what happened the moment you got saved. Understanding what belonged to you now that God Almighty is your Heavenly Father and you are a child of the living God. The victorious Christian are people who know the promises of God, who believe them and who act according to them. God said, Joshua, I have. Deliver Jericho under your hand. You and I have a promise as we walk forward into the new year. We have a promise not from man, but a promise from God himself. And God encourages you and I this morning. See that situation. See that, that, that trial. See that test through the lens of the word of God. Seeing God above it all. Seeing God's grace greater than it all. Look at your situation through the eye of faith. According to God's word to you. Now this is important now. This is important because the enemy will challenge your victory. Say that again. The enemy will challenge your victory. You're going to get a good promise. You're going to get a good tickle in prayer. Hey, hey. hallelujah. Glory to God. You might even run the aisle, fall out. But then you get back home. And that old rascal still as ornery as when you left him. Oh, Jesus. You call that kid expecting a big breakthrough and they're still living dumb. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to say it again. There will be some a challenge to your victory. You know, hell didn't want you saved, but now you're saved. But now hell doesn't want you whole. Hell doesn't want you strong spiritually. Hell doesn't want you spiritually healthy. Hell doesn't want you being fruitful and maturing and advancing. Hell doesn't want you influencing your world or fulfilling your purpose or bringing your family on in. I'm somebody the devil's a liar. You let them know my family's coming home. My child's coming home. My loved ones are coming home. They're going to be saved. They're going to serve God. They're going to do it before they hit their deathbed. They're going to live for God. They're going to walk with God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. 
Somebody, He's challenging your victory. You might be at home, you might be here. He's challenging your victory. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep confessing the good promise. Don't be moved from it. Don't be blown away from it. He's trying to challenge your victory. That negative thought, that harassing doubt, that bad report that's giving you a defeated spirit that you can't seem to shake. I want you to know He's attacking your victory. He's trying to hinder your advance. Shake yourself up and Encourage yourself in the faith. Make a fresh devotion today. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to believe God's promise. I'm going to follow God's plan. And I'm going to live according to God's principles. And the time is coming when God says, get ready to shout. The walls of your resistance are getting ready to come down. Hallelujah. God says, I have given. God says, I have given. I wrote this little side note in pencil. That means it was a real last minute. You know, the Bible describes the immature. One of the ways they're described is they're tossed to and fro. That means they're not stable. They're not consistent. They believe one day, don't believe the next. They, they know such little of the word that it's easy for the devil to get them off balanced. They can get excited in the right atmosphere, but then get down in the dumps. Isn't that right? We gotta bring the atmosphere with us. Isn't that true? We, we, we gotta be that thermostat, not that thermometer. Amen. We gotta learn. All right. God says, I have given. Joshua, I have given. First thing the natural eye sees is Jericho tightly shut up. <laughs> don't look like they're getting ready to surrender, Lord. I don't know. I mean, God, I know, I know what God said, but can't you see it? Oh, you're looking with the wrong eye. He said that old rascal would never got saved, but he's saved now, isn't he? Glory, hallelujah. You ladies don't elbow him too much. Amen. Said that wayward one would never return, but they're back. Yeah. God says, Joshua, I have, I have given. And the first thing the natural eye sees, Jericho is tightly shut up. The first thing the natural mind sees is a mighty citadel of opposition. Friend, faith will be challenged. We better mark that down. Oh, it's going to be challenged. Someone says it's being challenged right now. Oh, it's going to be challenged. But God's still on his throne and you're still his child, and his promises are still yes and amen. So you keep believing that promise. You keep looking at things through the lens of God's word. You keep trusting in the Lord with all your heart. You keep walking in faith and walking in love. You keep interceding as God leads you. But let it be known this day, your faith will be challenged. But greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And God will bring you through the battles, the Lord's battle, if you'll keep believing you'll keep obeying and you'll keep trusting the time will come when God says get ready to shout we remember that it's through God's promises as we studied earlier one of the way God's power is released in my life is through his promise through obeying that promise and believing that promise he releases his power so often we don't have time so often miracles begin with an instruction cast the net you cast it If you cast it, God will give you a miracle. 
Amen. Stretch forth your hand. You stretch it. You can stretch it. You do what you can do and God will do it. It starts with an instruction. Give me the loaves. You're not going to give me the loaves. I don't care what you think. They won't do anything. They can't. Didn't ask you. Just ask you to give them an instruction. Go show yourself to the priest. Aren't you going to wave over me? Aren't you going to blow on me? Just go show yourself to the priest. An instruction. Give that last bit of meal. That's all. How do you like that? How would you like a, a couple of years worth of food for a one meal offering? Starts with an instruction. Amen? And as we instruct, as we obey the instruction, power of God is released. According to your faith, be it. See that? Now we have promises, you have promises, embrace them, give them. It's a new year. Young believers that have not yet built up their arsenal in the word. Let me give you a couple quick promises that maybe you can write down. Memorize. That will help you in your spiritual walk. In this coming year, remember that God will take care of you. God is a God that provides for his people. Note taker, you can write down Philippians 4 and 19. The Bible says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Somebody, he's going to make the way. You keep walking with God. He'll provide for you. He'll pay the bill for you. He'll You do your part and God will do his. It's a promise in the word of God. According to your provision, God will provide for his people. Some people are confused. Some people have decisions to make. Some people don't know which way to go. Life can be complicated. Life is not always easy. There are things that we have to decide on. There's things where they're darkened. But you know, the Bible promises you and I that God will direct our steps as we trust Him. Young believer, new believer, you write it down. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own. Don't lean on ungodly counsel. Don't lean on all this confusion and the things of the world. your ways, you acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God said, if you'll acknowledge me and trust me and do it my way, I will guide you and I will lead you. Somebody, this year might be confusing already. We're not even a month past it yet. And already confusion and already decisions and already there's anxiety. But God says to you this morning, I got a promise and if you believe my promise, I'll guide you and I'll steer you and I'll bring you through. The God that knows the end from the beginning is willing to be your counselor, your guide, your navigator. Believe the promise. Trust the promise and let God walk you through. Come on, say amen to that. You might be here today and you feel a little weary and you feel a little weak. And I know life can drain us. Life can frustrate us. It's a reality of living in this world. But do you know God has given His people a promise that promises us power and strength to live this life. There is no burnout for the child of God. Oh no. Jesus said, Acts 1 and verse 8, You shall receive 
power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You got the Spirit, then you got the power. You know, sometimes I look at that verse and instead of writing, you shall receive, I just say, I have received. Amen? Because if you got the Spirit, I have received power. Why? The Spirit's on me. If the Spirit's on you, if the Spirit's within you, then I want you to know right now, you can make it. You have the strength of God to help you walk on and believe on and rise up. Someone might be saying, I feel broken. I don't know if I can get up. I don't know if the marriage can can endure this. I don't know if my career can endure this. Somebody, God has given you the power to rise up, to build again, to dream again, to hope again, to sing again, to love again. Oh, He's a great God and He's got some great promises for His people. Can you say amen? Promises concerning protection. You might be in a dangerous place. And if you're naturally a fearful person, this world, all the negatives, all the bad news. But I want you to know the Bible promises the people of God divine protection. How did David say it? Psalm 3 and verse 3. Write it down, new believer. Psalm 3 and verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield all around me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Life's trying to knock me down, but Jesus is lifting me up and giving me a hope and giving me a positivity and giving me a divine protection. Somebody say amen. You might just think about the various promises of God. I love the promise. Psalm 34 and verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the backslider. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, of the righteous. Amen? That backslider, you got enough problems of your own backslider out there. Anyway, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Don't you love it that the Bible's a real book? I mean, it speaks. The fact is, afflictions come to all of us, don't they? We all fight battles. Things happen to all of us, no matter how good we're trying to live. But the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So don't get discouraged by it. Don't let the devil condemn you because of it they come to all of us I fight them you fight them the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers us out of them all oh glory you're going to be attacked but the attacker will not prevail you're going to have a challenge but the challenge will not win because you are a child of God and the battle is the Lord's battle somebody Psalm 34 19 learn it. Memorize it. Sing it in the midnight hour. Shout it at the adversary when he shows his ugly head in your home. And let him know, my God will deliver me out of them all. Hallelujah. I thank God this morning for promises of victory. And we go through that and that's why we stopped at Second Peter. Because I want you to see how important, you know, we, if you grew up in this thing, Some of y'all didn't grow up in it. But if you grew up in it, one of the most important things they ever did to us when we were little is your memory verse. All right? Sunday school, memory verse. Each week, memory verse. You grew up, half of us backslid in our teenage years, come around a little later. But man, we had a lot of word in us. Amen? We had a lot of word in us. And we got things right with God. We could speak it. We could live it. We knew in whom we have believed. Isn't that right? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people get saved midway through life and you don't know the promises. And you think it's a little child thing. It's not a child thing. It's a big boy thing, I'll tell you that. Because we just showed you earlier that one of the ways God releases blessing is through his promises. I mean, he does it through prayer, he does it through other ways, but through the promises, through knowing the promises and applying the promises, he releases his power in our lives. And so it's very important. Number one, I want to learn the promises. Jericho's come down as I grab hold of God's promise, as I hear God's word, as I believe what God is saying over that situation. I want to thank God we have a promise of victory. And we know, and now we learn, that even with a promise of victory, looking at our story, we still have a plan that we must follow. It's important, the promise doesn't negate the plan. God gave Joshua a promise, but then God gave Joshua a plan. It's not just, I sing the promise, I find a memory verse, and then go do my own thing. The promise will come with a plan. Hang on to that. I have to believe the promise, but then i got to cooperate with God's plan if I'm going to see God's victory. See, God always has a plan. I've got to do my part. God, God invites us to be participants in the victory. We're not just merely taking the promise and watching God do it. Now I've got a promise and I'm believing. But now he's got a plan that I've got to obey. The plan of victory. We won't bother reading verses 3, 4, and 5, but God gave him the instruction. God gives Joshua a strange plan for defeating Jericho. I think it's strange. I don't think West Point would teach you to march around. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that in the military strategy books. First Sergeant, what do you think? I don't think, I don't think you know, they'd be picking us off. I don't, I, don't, I don't see that strategy. I understand psychological warfare, but uh, only so much psychological warfare is going to make them walls come down. Amen? It was strange. It was strange. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes God asks us for strange things. Strange, but it was God's strategy. And God works in his own way. <laughs> God's plan seemed foolish, but it worked. I said, but it worked. Remember, God's wisdom is far above ours. He delights in doing things and using people that will cause all the glory to go to him. God promises victory, then gives a curious strategy. Now, I was all pumped up with the promise. The promise is wonderful. We jump, we shout, we have a Pentecostal spasm. Glory to God. I mean, got the goosebumps. I got a promise. But then God gives me a plan. Mm. That's where we lose half the group. You can get them to the altar on the promise. And then we shout about the promise. Woo, the promise, the promise, the promise. Hey, God has said, hallelujah. Look out, devil, here I come. But then the plan comes. Go home, get thy house in order. Oh, didn't like that one. Mm. <laughs> you know, Dr. Dr. Boyce, Dr. James Montgomery Boyce writes about this story. He says, I believe the deepest theological message of this story is that God is teaching us to trust to obey him instead of using our own cleverness. Teaching us to do it God's way. You see, God's plan, at times it just means trusting and obeying when it doesn't make sense, or quite frankly, you don't like. 
the instructions God has given. Anyone here that likes turning the other cheek? Anyone? Maybe you do. <laughs> You're saddest. No, I don't. Isn't that right? But that's God's plan, isn't it? Isn't that God's plan? Isn't that right? I know I'm not always crazy about forgiving when someone just called me ugly. They might be true, but I'm still not crazy about forgiving them. Isn't that right? Anybody? Come on, you with me? I'm trying to make a point here. But sometimes this is where the challenge comes. All right, I can get on this believing the, the promise part. That sounds good. I like that. But now sometimes that plan, I don't know about that plan. Do you want me to treat him civil? He had not treated me civil. You want me to, ooh. <laughs> so sometimes, listen, sometimes God's plan is simply trust and obey even when you're not in total agreement with the plan God gave you or the instruction God wants you to follow. But sometimes God's plan at times is just simply believe and you will see. Didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. According to your faith, be it unto you. Wow, sometimes it's that easy. Oh, faith's not complicated. Other times, it demands some radical action. A change, a sacrifice. Faith tore through a roof one time. Sometimes the instructions, leave all and follow me. Leave the friends and leave the, follow me. Sometimes it's cast your net. You've worked all night. Everyone's watching you. And God's doing something that's going to sound foolish. People won't think I'm tough at work if I apologize and take the high road. Who cares what they think? What does God think? The word might say, walk on the water. Come on. Are you kidding me? The rest of the deacons, I mean disciples, they stayed in the boat, didn't they? Made sure their life jacket was on tight. What kind of word is that? Don't God want me using common sense? Get out of the boat and walk on water. No, get out of the boat and walk on the word. Amen. Because if God said it, you can obey it and it'll be all right. Other times, God's plan, simply pray, maybe in a little bit of fasting, continue to walk in love, continue to stay in the spirit. Wait on the Lord patiently and believe God will work in that situation. Hey, how about that? Amen? Sometimes God just says you pray about it and you give it to me in prayer and you cast that burden on me and then you walk in love and you keep the spirit right. Hallelujah. And you trust me to work it out. My, 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 my. Let's face it, the Israelites could have used a bunch of other strategies. But God has a plan. Faith believes even when the natural mind can't see it, feel it, or understand it. And listen, let's, let's go back to the Word of God. Most of us know our Bible's pretty good. This wasn't the first time God used a strange strategy, was it? I mean, hey, whether it's a 90-year-old barren woman, He uses to begin a nation. Strange strategy? Well, we'll leave it at that. All right. Whether it's Gideon, 
300 men are going to take on 135,000 enemies? And does God give them a bazooka? Does God give them an A1 tank? No, what's he say? Some torches and some empty pitchers, some crackpots, and go at it. I mean, that's a suicide mission if God's not in it, amen? Strange strategy. Strange strategy. I mean, give me a Gatling gun or something, Lord. I mean, David, a little teenage boy with a slingshot. Why don't you send one of these soldiers with all the armor and all the training and all these, these men of war? Why don't you send them? God's got some strange strategies. Amen? Widow's getting ready to lose her two sons to the creditors. God didn't give her no lotto ticket. He said, what do you got in the house? Woo, I was going to preach on that some other day. God, what do you got in the house? And if in your carnality you win, you better tithe. No, I'm, gonna, I'm not I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm, only, I'm, I'm playing with you now. The little widow, she goes, what do you got? You got a little bit of oil. He says, you take that oil and you begin to pour it in jars. What a strategy. What a strategy. Someone said, Lord, why are you messing with me? I, this can't. What can this do when God's in it? little boy had some loaves and fish. The disciples didn't even understand it. They said, what's that among so many? Send the crowd away. Jesus said, bring it to me. What did we find out? We find out little is much when God is in it. Somebody, little is much when God is in it. Don't belittle the little. Give it to God and watch Him make it much. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. Because, you know, sometimes the devil messes with you and he makes you look at yourself and you think, I'm little or I'm insignificant or I'm unable. The devil is a liar. You and Jesus is always a majority. You and Jesus can always have the victory. So don't look down on yourself, but see yourself as a child of the living God. And though maybe we are little in the natural, but when we are with the Lord, we are more than conquerors. Little is much. When God, when God, when God is in it, foolish things, strange strategies, unlikely instruments. Yet God had a plan. Somebody sleep good tonight. God's got a plan. Somebody let the devil know he's not going to win because God's got a plan. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your children. God's got a plan in your marriage and in your ministry. God has a plan. And he's working his plan. And he's unfolding his plan behind the scenes. Maybe you can't see it, but faith believes it. God is in control of my life. God is working on my deliverance. God has answered my cry. It'll work if you work it. Somebody says it don't make sense. A lot of this faith stuff don't make sense. A lot of things in that book don't make sense. You remember three chapters earlier? They're on the other side of the Jordan. Have you ever seen a real river? I don't mean a creek they call a river. I mean a river. Right? It looks more like a lake. You ever see that in the Mississippi, the Missouri? You see one of those rivers? Whew. And when they get at flood stage, my Lord, that's intimidating. The people of God are outside. They've got to cross it. Lord, how are we going to do this? God said, you're going to walk. Walk. We're going to build a bridge. Oh, I ain't going to build no bridge. You get those priests up front. Remember the story? Joshua, get those priests up there. Get the ark. You better get the anointing there. You better get the presence of God there. Amen? You're going to be sinking like a lead balloon to the presence of God not going with you. But then, then get them priests. Get them priests. Their preacher might as well lead. If he don't have faith, the rest of us are sunk. So, remember the story? 
What did God say? Just walk. He just said, walk. He said, I'm not going to give you any sign. I'm not going to just walk. I'm going to give you a word. If you obey the word, I'll produce the wonder. Strange strategy, Lord. I'd like it better if you sent some angels down to make a bridge. Remember that? And what the Bible says, they walked. The moment their feet. Can I suggest maybe the reason some things aren't happening but you're not doing? Ooh, 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 that wasn't in the notes either. And the minute it opened, at flood stage, it opened. And a nation walked across. Not enough to have a promise. God obeyed the plan. But if you obey the plan, God will release his power. Obeying the plan means the old Joe got to die. But like I say, old Joe don't want to forgive. Old Joe don't want to look bad if it don't work. I'm telling you. So that faith stuff. Yeah, you know, Peter had tax problems one time. He did. He had tax problems. You're not the only one with tax problems. And Jesus said, go fishing. Now, some of y'all, you got tax problems. You went fishing too much. But anyway, he went fishing. <laughs> had tax problem. What did Jesus say? Go out and catch a fish. And the first one you pull in, just open its mouth. And guess what? There your tax problems are solved. Amen? My mother-in-law is one of them tax people. I don't know if anybody gave her that problem. I'm going to go fishing and find my tax money. Oh, Lord. Can I remind you of the strangest, most curious strategy of all? God's ultimate surprise. None other than the cross of Calvary. It didn't appear like the way to conquer death, hell, and the grave. I don't know about you. It did not appear the way to redeem lost humanity. It seemed like a tragedy. But I thank God forever it's been our victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God had a plan for Jericho. The promise came with a plan. And only as the plan was carried out and the promise, then the promise was fulfilled. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for your life. If you're not saved, God wants you saved. He sent his son to die for you. Made a way that you can be forgiven. That you can be made right with God. God's got a plan. God wants you saved. And then God wants you sanctified. That means if you're saved, he wants you to be sincere about it. He wants you to be serious about growing and maturing. And don't just stay a little spiritual baby. Mature and be the one God's called you to be. God's got a plan. He wants you saved. He wants you sanctified. And he wants your service. Because God's got lies for you to touch. God's got things for you to do. God has a divine assignment for your life. You gotta believe the promise, but then you gotta obey the plan. You gotta live by the principles. Live by the principles. We're gonna finish this up. I'm gonna teach the rest of it on Wednesday night. Because we don't have time to get to the principles. Well, principles are the obedience of faith. The silence of faith. The patience of faith. The shout of faith. I have to study that. We'll add some verses. We'll make it a teaching. But the obedience of faith, let me just comment very briefly. See, God could have knocked them walls down just by thinking it. He could have spoke it. Isn't that right? Yeah. 
But what he was looking for was obedience in his people. The first thing God looks for in you and I is obedience. Can we follow a command? We can't call him Lord and then not follow the command. That's hypocrisy. We're going to get into this on Wednesday. But obedience. To obey is better than... You, you, you can't exchange anything for an obedient life before God. And what God wants more than anything else, obedience. God can knock any wall down. God can deal with any situation. But it's getting his people to obey an order. To follow his plan. To step out in his word as he leads us. Because if God can get someone to follow his leading, there's no limit for what that man and woman can do. If God can get someone just to obey his word, to obey that command, no limit on how God can use them. God can knock down every Jericho. He can open every Jordan. He can raise every Lazarus if I can get a man or a woman that will obey me in the private and in the public. We'll dig into that on Wednesday. Hallelujah. And I want to close with this thought, so I'm kind of jumping about two pages now. But I want to give you this thought, because I know I won't get all of you again on Wednesday. When we come to the aspect of faith, that is the shout of faith. I know sometimes people that are more subdued, and we all have different personalities, that's not the issue. God makes us all different, and that's wonderful. We have different temperaments and different personalities. Some are more um, um, thoughtful, some are more exuberant. Some are more quiet, some are more loud, some are more mellow, some are more look out. You know what I mean? They're just a fire waiting to happen. And, um, so sometimes when the aspect, uh, say the shout of faith comes up, we write it off. Well, that's not my personality. But it's more than just the shout. There's the principle behind the lesson. And there's something about faith that knows how to believe and praise and thank God before an answer comes. We study that principle throughout the word of God. First, he says, first, first believe, then you'll see. Some people, I'm just waiting. When God does it, that's not Bible principle. That's not Bible protocol. That's not divine order biblically. So many times when it's coming to that challenge before he gets saved, when you praise God for his salvation, because you're believing God's going to make it happen. God said he'll make it happen. Before that job comes, can you give God praise now? Because you're believing God's going to open up a door for your job. God's going to give you provision. See, this is an aspect of faith. And it's not because we're making things up and living in la-la land. We are simply believing what God Almighty has already declared. Can I give you an illustration of this? You just chew on it. You think about it. Sometimes we think, well, you know, that's a little out there. Can I suggest? I've been here long enough now. We will sing joyfully, triumphantly, expressively over a heaven we've never seen. Won't we? Isn't that right? So why can't we? Shout and sing over a blessing that he's promised that we have not received. The shout of faith. Those walls didn't come down till they shouted when God said to shout. Isn't that right? Isn't that true though? 
Some people, well, that's being a little, hey, we're shouting about heaven. You haven't seen heaven yet, have you? But you get that little tear in your eye when we sing about it. And some of you get a hoop and a holler when we sing about it, right? Why don't you do that before your healing comes? Why don't you do that before that loved one? Believe God. Give him praise. Isn't that right? I'm going to close with this. You, you guys reminded me of Mary Barton. Remember Mary Barton? Dear lady on my board back in New York. Told me one of those beautiful stories. She said, Pastor, she had her own business. Successful businesswoman. She had a daughter. God was just running crazy. Daughter that was running crazy. And I felt bad, you know... <laughs> You know, me and her father had divorced years earlier and I felt guilty. I felt bad. I tried to buy her things. I tried to lavish her with, you know, I tried to buy her. And finally, I'm crying over my daughter. She's out there living crazy. And God speaks to me and says, Mary, stop trying to buy her love and just praise me. Stop trying to buy her love and just praise me. She goes, I own the business, so I took a few days off. And I said, don't bother me unless it's an emergency. She goes, I went around my house. She goes, it was hard at first. I do a little dusting here and there. And she's out there living crazy, doing drugs, everything else, right? And I, Lord, I thank you for so-and-so that she saved. Lord, I thank you. You're going to bring her home. Lord, I thank you. She goes, it was so hard. By that second or third day, though, she goes, things began to break in my heart. And I was just going through the home praising God. And would you believe, Pastor, by about that third day, I hadn't seen her in weeks. Hadn't heard from weeks. I run to the door. And there's my daughter. Tears streaming down. Saying, Mama, I want to come home. Mama, I'm so sorry by the way I've lived. Would you? You know, she could have got that word from God. And said, well, Lord, when you bring her home, then I'll shout and tell everyone. She might never have come home. There's something about a shout of faith. Can you praise God and express your trust in God before the answer comes? That is a big principle in receiving from God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, give him praise. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to finish it up on Wednesday. We'll teach it on Wednesday. I want to stand with me, please. I'm going to pray the final prayer. And then we're going to open the altars. If you need prayer, if you're facing a Jericho and you just want some encouragement from the brethren, if there are some things that haven't been in order and you want to make a declaration, you're going to start getting things in order and you want to come and just make a fresh altar, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. If you need a touch from God, if you need a healing touch, if you need a fresh filling, if you just want to come and pray, people here to pray with you. But let's just try to take these principles that we've learned from Joshua's triumph at Jericho and apply them to our lives spiritually. Let's remember God is a God of promises. And His promises are for you, not just for special Christians, for all who are His. And so begin to study those promises and love those promises and believe those promises. But remember, God has a plan. Listen, if you're going through something right now, maybe the first step after getting a promise saying, Lord, what's the plan? Now that's dangerous. Because God might start showing you clearly that relationship got to go. That thing got to go. That thing you didn't want to do, time to start doing it. You can't play with God, isn't that right? And we play with one another. 
is New Year's. I'm going to make a resolution. Well, by day three, the Oreos were going down again. Amen. But when we start with God, I want someone to know that God wants to see your Jerichos come tumbling down. But we have to work with God. But if we'll do our part, He'll do His. Father, we love You. We thank You for the many wonderful principles that we receive from the story of Joshua and Jericho. And we thank You, Father, that as Your children, You have given us, You have given us all that we need for life in God. And You've given us all that we need to live this life, to keep the victory. And You've given us great and precious promises that we can believe, that we can receive strength from, that we can stand upon. And now, Father, as we make a fresh altar, in the name of Jesus, everyone that is weary, give them a refreshing. Everyone that is downcast, lift up their heads, O God, and give them a new faith. For everyone that needs a promise, Holy Spirit, speak to your people. For everyone that needs a plan, make it clearly known the steps they are to take to see your victory unfold in their lives and give us the grace to obey you, to pursue you, to stay in step with you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's worship the Lord before we go. If you need prayer or you want to pray, come and let God bless you.